Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ellis Soul's podcast, Acento. In this podcast, Hope College Latino Student Organization Executive Board will discuss important social issues regarding Latin America and the Latinx community in the United States. I am Venecia, and I will be your host for today. I am currently a sophomore at Hope College studying uh, social work, and I am a secretary for the LSO eboard. Um, now let's introduce our guest for today. Hello, my name is Sylvia Rodriguez. I'm a senior and I'm studying art history with a minor in peace and justice. Hello, my name is Siona Wolvesadik and I'm a freshman at Hope College. I am planning on majoring in political science and minoring in French. I love that. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today. I really appreciate y'all. So today's topic is intersectionality and to celebrate Women's History Month, we thought it would be fitting to have some lovely women here with us today and how different parts of your identities intersect. So for those of those of those that don't know what intersectionality is, it's the nature of social categorizations and how they meet creating different overlapping systems of disadvantages, advantages, and or discrimination. <clears throat> so to start off, um, what are some of the things that are more important, what are the most important parts of your identity and why do you think that is? Um. So I would say for me, the two biggest parts of my identity would be um, being LGBTQ plus and I guess being Latina. I think when I consider intersectionality, it's hard for me to pick like two because I think that being also like low income mm -hmm. and um, like just lower like finances I guess um because I don't really think like lower middle class that's kind of fucked up mm -hmm. but oh can we swear okay cool <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah so I think that like also bring attention attention to mm -hmm. like that piece of the puzzle right intersectionality is important um so I would say yeah being queer and being Latina okay. is probably too yeah okay um for me the first one would be African. Um, so I'm originally from Ethiopia. It's mm -hmm. a country in East Africa. Mm -hmm. um, apart from that, I think being an immigrant, um, I came to the United States in 2018. Mm -hmm. And I think that has played a huge part in my life um, and how I see things. And I guess also with being African, you know, also being black. Um, mm -hmm. Because in the continent, you don't really identify as black, more mm -hmm. so like ethnicity or nationality or you know continent wise but I feel like coming here uh, it has really affirmed uh, my identity racially yeah. okay and okay so every time I we I have this conversation with other people mm -hmm. and we talk about um about important parts of our identity and what we're most proud of usually the ones that are harder that bring more challenges mm -hmm. those are the ones that people are usually proud of mm -hmm. and would you guys agree with this yeah. i think so Definitely. yeah I would, yeah that resonates yeah no and i i really like how you brought up that concept because it um I was also having a conversation with Isabella. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to Bella. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, girl. Um, and and she was talking about 
um, the different identities mm -hmm. of being African mm -hmm. and being first generation, mm -hmm. um, being African American here, being born here. Mm -hmm. I mean, not yeah, being born here and mm -hmm. raised for a majority of your life. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that I would really love to learn more about that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so because it is Women's History Month, um, okay, so let's talk about feminism okay. and how you guys see yourself in that movement. Like, do you think it has served you? Would you consider yourselves a feminist? No wrong answers. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think I would consider myself a feminist, and I feel like um, the past feminist efforts, I would say, have really paved way into like how I view life and what I want to put into the world as a woman and as a black woman in, in general. Um, and I feel like, especially like in the past, you know, couple of decades, this whole idea of feminism, but also at times it can center, it can really be about like white feminism and white for, for white women. And I feel like the fact that it's now starting to include voices of people of color and black people and black women. And I feel like it's great. And I saw like a tweet or a video the other day and I was talking about like, I know um, feminism is usually about like men and women being equal, but um, we don't want to be equal to men because what men have is not that great either. Mm. So yes. the social mm -hmm. and yeah, like class wise, what they have is not great either. So I feel like um, for me, feminism is um, creating a better world for everyone. And in that process, centering women and transgender and LGBTQI and being inclusive of everyone. Yeah. yeah, I would also say that I identify as a feminist. I think that feminism and feminist has had a lot of taking back and taking away as far mm -hmm. as the term, right? Like nobody mm -hmm. maybe in 2005 wanted to say they were a feminist, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and now I feel like it's a lot easier to say mm -hmm. you're a feminist. Mm -hmm. as, and I think men also feel they can say they're a feminist. Mm -hmm. Not as often as women can right now, but I do think yeah. that we can say it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think your point about white feminism is important because I think it still lives today mm -hmm. and we have a lot to learn mm -hmm. about centering black women, centering black queer voices, mm -hmm. like poor black voices as well. Because mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think there's experiences mm -hmm. and in those experiences we see the way patriarchy plays out, the mm -hmm. way um, oppression plays out. Mm -hmm. We can say like, okay, we need to fix that. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's also, um, to add to that, um, the idea that feminism like started like in the West, I feel like I personally don't agree with that because mm -hmm. okay. it, right. like the technology and spread of information may mm -hmm. have helped amplify the voice and the ideology yeah. further in the world. But I feel like there were a lot of feminists across the world mm -hmm. um, you know, hundred years ago that we're doing things that we would not consider to be feminist. And I just think that it's now the spread of technology and information that's like really amplifying those things. But um, mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like it's worldwide. It's not really regionalized yeah. to one and part of the hemisphere. And I think part hemisphere. of that yeah. too, like part of thinking that the West mm. birthed feminism is right. kind of from colonization and globalization, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that too, like, Whose tool, mm. whose power is that? Right. Exactly. 
Yeah. No, yeah, there's, you guys are bringing up themes of, of America being, uh, this term, like, police of the world, like, mm-hmm. where I come from, that's, you know, we're like, Americans are, we're the police of the world, or... They, right. they, you know, they think that. Right. Um, yeah. So, like the upper moral. Like the ju- yeah, moral, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Morality yeah, exactly. of like, you should all be doing what we're doing. Mm. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. And it, it and a lot of the, of what you were talking about, Sylvia, was um, bringing up, praising black, queer, um, poor voices. Um, and I hear a lot of, a lot of intersectionality there. Mm. Um so I would love to talk more about that because um, the, those issues are all affecting each other. Mm-hmm. And just looking at it from a more, from uh, not, like not looking up close, but mm. kind of stepping back and looking, okay, let's explore the map and of all the things that are happening, what's mm-hmm. at play, the dynamics. Um, yeah, so there was this article, and when Kimberly Crenshaw was the one that coined the term mm-hmm. uh, 30 years ago, it was a kind of a obscure mm-hmm. concept, and then that's when it hit viral. And now mm-hmm. you're hearing a lot of intersectionality, mm-hmm. especially when you're taking classes about diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually debate around this. So why do you think that is? Like, could it be the context or... Um, because you guys brought that up, how mm-hmm. America kind of... Um, uh, it's, it's seen that America birthed this concept, but mm-hmm. it's not that. And I think that has something at play. Well, um, I guess intersectionality is interesting because I feel like at least feminism, like I was saying earlier, I don't think it should be limited to the issues that affect women like gender wise. I feel like there are a lot of things that are a lot of social issues that affect women, Mm -hmm. apart from them being a a, a woman, of course. And I feel like, of course, being a woman puts them at a greater greater risk of those um, issues. And I just think, yeah, and I just don't think it's just like the US. I feel like it's just the Western, like the developed nations that have like this Mm -hmm. attitude towards like the developing or the global South. It's like, yeah, we are doing this. Like you should come up with that and I, Mm -hmm. yeah. I think something about intersectionality and this debate on the term, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that Kimberly Crenshaw is a black woman. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times do we read books mm-hmm. um, with the theory of a white straight man? Mm-hmm. And we're just like, okay, that's what that's what it is. That's what it means. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We yeah. just kind of accept it as fact. Yeah. But yeah. when a black woman sure. says, like, this is going on, mm-hmm. this is what it's called, and we mm-hmm. need to respect it, wow. people are kind of like, mm-hmm really you think so where's your credentials how do you know that where's Mm. your data because and and i think that goes back to a conversation about experiences you know because i think the i don't know well i know so anita hill the anita hill case is one Mm -hmm. where intersectionality comes into play right Mm -hmm. and anita hill is basically like i'm experiencing all these things because i'm black and a woman Mm -hmm. and people are like Mm, but is that true? Is mm. that like mm-hmm. actually data? Is that for real? Is that mm. evidence? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's a great point, and that's where solidarity comes into play. And I feel like, when, especially among like people of color, and when 
one of us is mm-hmm. experiencing something like that, I feel like we should all stand besides one another and support one another. And mm-hmm. I feel like what you were saying about the theory being brought up by a black woman, and I had like I remembered, um, had a class. I had a class and and we were talking about like this strong women, strong black women, you know, phenomena, like the idea that black women just handle everything and they're strong, Mm -hmm. they, you know, and we're talking about that and the professor happened to be a black woman and one of the students was like, are you sure? Like, are you sure that's that's what it is? And I was like hold on, this is like mm. a black educator woman that's right. telling us her experience right. and that's yeah. teaching us evidence-based and as a, you know, white teenager for you to come and to say, not even asking politely and be like, are you sure that's what it is? Like, right. how are you questioning like, no, her reality? Yeah. You know, so it reminded me of that. It's yeah. a great point. You know? I uh-huh. had a similar experience. So I was, I used to, I had submitted my application to do the Fulbright thing here Mm -hmm. at Hope. Mm -hmm. And after one meeting, I was like, you know what? Actually, I don't want to hang out with you guys an hour a week or whatever. (laughs) Because I went in with my paper of my personal statement or whatever. Mm -hmm. And in my paper, I wrote about art history being a white field, like a white white dominated field. Mm -hmm. And the dude was like, Really? Are you sure it is? And I was like, excuse me, I just spent the last four years and how many thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. taking this education? I'm telling you what it is. Mm -hmm. Why don't why aren't you believing me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that's real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's based on experiences, yeah. like real life. Right. Like I'm putting this in for an application. You think yeah. I'm just gonna like make this something up? out of my ass? <laughs> right. Honestly. Come on. No, Come on. that's real. Yeah. That's real. Um yeah. I I would love to talk more about um, the solidarity and mm. BLM and um, Black Lives Matter because I very much, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring, um, invite, you know, different people into this is because I think that we still have a lot to, a lot of work to do Mm -hmm. and one of the reasons is kind of raising each other up Mm -hmm. and and standing in solidarity because I think that that's why they're scared like Mm -hmm. um you know the rest of the population I don't think they want to see us together (laughs) because um that's when the real power comes Mm -hmm. in and the real like the real power to change social policy. Yeah. And um, I think that really matters. Yeah, and I feel like it's just, to me at least, solidarity just about humanity. Mm -hmm. Like, you're a human being. If you have your set of values correct, when you are seeing another human being being subjected to something that's not right, automatically you should be like, no, like, I don't support that. Not only do I Mm -hmm. not support that, I'm going to stand with you to fight against this um, whatever it is that that's you know oppressing you and I feel like it should mm-hmm. be a human reaction and I guess a lot of things just come into play and uh-huh. I feel like we're all like living in this yeah. our own bubble and being mm-hmm. like oh that's not my problem mm-hmm. like there right. are enough people to deal with it like right. it's happening yeah. in another continent mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it shouldn't affect me like right. it's crazy like especially yeah, in this is. day and age when we have so much information and we're right. seeing so many things happen and like people are like, been, like yeah come on like I don't care like what does that have to do with me like, I saw on. something on Instagram mm-hmm. that was 
I think it was supposed to encourage mm. white allies and white advocates, and it was saying something like, yes, seeing all of these things on Instagram and on the news mm-hmm. is really hard, and yes, you can take a break, mm. be, you know, you can take a break, but you have to get back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a difficult thing to grapple with, at least mm-hmm. for me, right? Mm-hmm. You know, these people can take breaks from consuming mm-hmm. this media, but do trans black women get a break? No. no. Right. And it, it's hard to grapple with, but you mm-hmm. have to, you know, respect it because yeah. not everyone has these experiences yeah. and has that integrity mm-hmm. and... Um, like stamina to keep um, going mm-hmm. and they don't have like maybe as much at stake mm-hmm. i don't know yeah and that's yeah and i feel like sometimes i do feel that way and even about some of the classes that a lot of colleges and universities have and especially after what happened last summer which is it's great like it's a great place to start to like have conversations about race and race mm-hmm. relations in the u.s but i feel like when that class ends, you're just closing your laptop and right. you're moving back to yes. your life. You're yes. not gonna think about it. Right. And the next class is when you're gonna start talking about it. Like Again. it's mm. not it's not effective, and mm. it's also not fair to students of color and black students that have to sit there and like share their stories and yeah. blah blah blah. And yeah. you're mm-hmm. not even hold like valuing mm-hmm. it, you know. Right. So mm-hmm. just, and so yeah. I'm taking notes, like oh yeah, mm, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like you're being there for like points and i'm just like sharing my life experience like like someone's gonna write it as an example (laughs) exactly police brutality example this life experience yeah Mm -hmm. no yeah i remember being in social work and reading these cases and being how like they were very real to me like i'm like yeah i've seen this yeah i've experienced Mm. this and sometimes i would look around the room and i'm like is anybody really listening? Like, yeah. do you guys really yeah. understand mm. the gravity of this? Mm. Like, I just want... So, sometimes I just sit there, process things, <laughs> and look back at my life and mm. be like, this is real. Like, this is real... This is real work. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I really appreciate the fact that um, the people in this room take the time to... Um, hear a different point of view process mm-hmm. and be like you know that's valid because that's a huge part like just mm-hmm. listening and validating someone's experience mm-hmm. from the example previously brought up about like questioning a black woman mm-hmm. um, that that's also real because we've the whole our, our whole education system we've been learning from majority of white voices white mm-hmm. authority mm-hmm. Um, and so then all of a sudden we hear someone that's a person of color mm-hmm. most and then we're like wait hold up what mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so i would really love to change that and i think uh that's why one of the reasons why we're having this conversation yeah um, that was just a great place to start yeah, yeah. did you yeah. uh you had previously mentioned about how your professor was talking about black women and mm. this um uh, the strength but I also saw this post and it was like uh, black women are also sensitive black women mm-hmm. are also they are allowed to not always be strong mm. um, and I feel like that's that's a great point I just feel like black women are humans mm-hmm. so they have their moments when they're strong they have their moments when they're not strong and mm-hmm. it's just they have all the human characters it's not like you know we're like aliens oh you know they feel that too and it's like mm-hmm. no we're just human but like 
the it's society has forced us to only be with one character mm-hmm. at all times like yeah. we have to be strong we have to put on our face we have to work very hard like at times way harder than anybody mm-hmm. else in the room and it's not fair and yeah. i feel like people are just starting to see it and it's yeah. yeah i was listening to this podcast about weathering and uh a black woman was in a hospital and she was given birth mm-hmm. um she was trying to not show in her face that she was in pain because she didn't want to reinforce that stereotypes that mm. black wo- black women are aggressive. Mm. What it, like she not even when she's given birth can she be in a natural state and just human, be human, right? A human yeah. state exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this theme of humanizing people because um, it's being brought up a lot and it's and also humanizing. Um, what was it? It was humanizing men too. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. um, humanize. Uh, yeah, they don't have. <laughs> they don't <laughs> have it good either. No, that's, that's, that's the men of color. That we're talking about, especially yeah. men of color. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my yes. god! Also, oh my goodness. bell hooks. Bell hooks. Black feminist might be mm-hmm. queer. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But black bell hooks is a black feminist, mm-hmm. and everyone should read "Feminism mm-hmm. Is for Everybody" by mm-hmm. Bell Hooks. I, I it's it's great. Write yeah. it down, listen to this podcast, and then go look it up. Yeah. Find an excerpt for free. It's really good. Yeah. It, she changes the definition of feminism into feminism is a movement to, I think, I think it's like break down patriarchy, mm-hmm. um, sexism, and other oppressive mm-hmm. systems, mm-hmm. right? To yeah. where it it's a changed narrative, a changed definition, yeah. and that's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's real. No, um... They, well, coming from the Latinx community, and I can't speak for men, but from my experience and what I've seen and observed, there is this um, this image to uphold that men are strong and mm. not... Um, not allowed to cry, mm-hmm. a very have to provide. I mean, I know it's changed, but at those they those still exist. Um, yeah. Those like you're still even if you um, raise your child to be sensitive, he's still going to go to school and then experience mm-hmm. experience bullying because mm-hmm. he might prefer reading or art over mm. this sport yeah. or which is ridiculous yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know um there are certain things that are considered to be feminine and then masculine right. mm-hmm. and how did we come about those things and yeah. why are we people restricted yeah. to a certain one yeah. yeah, I think it's another thing that I noticed about men of color is specifically like the sexualization of black men. Yes, like oh my gosh, Ooh, that's crazy. And oh my god, have you? Do you guys know Hassan Minaj? He's like a comedian. Mm-hmm. He's oh like yes, yeah. yes, he's so funny. And there was like an interview, and he was talking about like he mentioned some like white comedians that are not like physically fit, and you're just you know like oh he looks like such an like an approachable like adorable person or whatever. Right. And he was talking about if that was like a black person or like a per- like a person a comedian who is a person of color he wouldn't really make it that far because not only do we have to have our content and work but we also have to appear a certain way that's right. really like i guess consumable right. and what you said about sexualization is real yeah, yeah. like black comedians or even comedians of color and women mm-hmm. comedians they have to be 
attractive physically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they just have to be attractive. Like, we can think about any of the white male comedians, and they literally look like they rolled out of bed, picked up the first shirt with a mustard stain on it, and then went to their show. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, they are allowed to do that. If they right. do that, mm-hmm. it's a them thing. That's right. an individual. Oh, he did that. Oh, it's not oh, like so white people right. do that thing. But right. if it was like a person of color right. or like a black, black people, black yeah. And yeah. they'd be like, oh, my oh God, you know, she's so lazy. Exactly. Like, wow. of course, what would you expect, you know? Right. Like, but they get, I feel like racism and one of the things that it takes away from people of color and black people is mm-hmm. just that individual aspect you know mm-hmm. you then get you don't get to be that individual mm-hmm. well that's something be. that it gives to white people that's why we see mm-hmm. like you know crimes after crimes so like mass shootings committed by you know white young white men but you don't look at a white guy and be like oh my god he might might shoot me anytime no because that's not right like the fact that somebody mm-hmm. else did it doesn't mean he's going to do it but that's not something that's afforded to um mm-hmm. people of color mm-hmm. yeah yeah. I um, how do you guys think the knowledge about intersectionality help you explore the dynamics of your own identity? Mm. Mm. Oh wow, that's a question. question. <laughs> yeah, hold on, I gotta think about that. No. Yeah. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> how has the knowledge about intersectionality and being aware of what it is? Um, helped you explore the dynamics of your identity. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like for me, at least, um, it has helped me know that I am not alone in a sense mm-hmm. that I just don't belong. So mm-hmm. I grew up in Ethiopia, and mm-hmm. I guess one of the things is the main thing that, you know, grow, when you're growing up in a developing country, one of the main things you see is um, poverty. Mm-hmm. So it's that class issue really overwhelms the, the gender issue, I guess. And there's like misogyny and, pat- and patriarchy, but that that's really overlooked because of the obvious class issue that we mm-hmm. have. And that's, I guess, true for a lot of countries. So but like when I'm, I'm coming here and I'm allowed to like explore different parts of my identity and you see that there are different things that need to be worked on I feel like I'm not alone like there are a lot of people that have Mm -hmm. like differences of identities and Mm -hmm. there's a lot that needs to be worked on at least Mm -hmm. yeah I think for me learning about intersectionality has helped me make sense Mm -hmm. of what I experience and I think that's Mm -hmm. part of intersectionality and Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the new feminism that we have is like when theories made by black women black feminists people like you actually apply to your life like Mm -hmm. that is feminism happening Mm -hmm. and so yeah like when I see things I'm like oh wow that's what that is Mm -hmm. like I don't know who I was talking to and they were like oh yeah so and so my 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 so and so needs better health care or needs a job or something and then I think about my friends who their parents don't have citizenship Mm -hmm. so getting health care is like jumping Mm -hmm. through hoops Mm -hmm. right or I think about my own mom who is disabled Mm -hmm. poor woman Mm -hmm. of color Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. getting proper health care is like just out of the question basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, I I see that. Like, this Mm -hmm. is not just, Mm -hmm. 
one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's a combination mm-hmm. of all of these things coming into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also just it makes you realize that it's not an individual problem. It's not mm-hmm. you, the yeah. things that you're experiencing. It's not really your fault. There yeah. are greater things at play. There are mm-hmm. different structures yes. that are make that have results to do into the condition that you're in. So right. yeah, definitely ecological systems theory. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, that's yeah. something that I learned at so social yeah. work. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that for me, nobody asked me, but oh please, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, my please. Bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I was just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> so one of the reason, one of the okay, so I had a professor, mm-hmm. and then she was like, uh, it was for um, encountering cultures. Mm. It was an ideas class, mm-hmm. and she was like, okay, when you speak, uh. Um, don't speak for everyone in your group. So mm. as a Latina, don't try to speak for mm. every mm. Latinx person. And I was like, wow, like that's a different way to look at it because sometimes people want to be like, oh, Latinos, we this and that. But mm. intersectionality is like, you know what? There are some Latinos that are in different class um, social class categorizations, different socioeconomic status, um, different sexual orientation, and and then it makes our experiences a whole lot different. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that that's something that I've tried to keep um, under my belt and I'm always conscious of it. Like when I am speaking, I'm speaking for my my experience from mm. what i've seen my mm. observations as a latinx daughter of immigrant mm. parents and uh, someone that sorry that was my alarm yeah. <laughs> um and a low income mm. coming from a low income community coming uh, from a low income family that's first generation so i try to look at those things at play where you said different structures have affected my life the fact that um my their the situation for my parents at home the the reason why they came over here that affected me the decision that they made to pick leave all the things that they knew and move to a whole different country Mm -hmm. has now affected me my college experience Mm -hmm. you know there's this butterfly effect uh phenomenon that just like I see it play around in my life and from a little girl I was like always thinking about wow if this wouldn't have happened or Mm -hmm. if things weren't this way it wouldn't have affected me Mm -hmm. um so I think that's something for politicians and people of power to that they should keep in keep in mind and we should keep in mind whenever we're learning about this like Mm. these are real life experiences when that's why when I'm reading like cases I'm just I'm really trying to envision it and see it and process it and Mm. feel it because there's that component of empathy that I want to be able to transmit when I'm working with my clients Mm. Um, because I know what it feels like to to see how all these systems um, affect us um, personally. And it's made me into the person that I am today. Yeah, right. So, and I see that in y'all too. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I feel like, when was it, the other day? I was on TikTok, and Mm -hmm. I saw, like, how, um, you know, this idea of, like, generalizing, like, if the way you grow up, you assume that's the same childhood that another person has, and, like, not really be mindful of, you know, the things Mm -hmm. you're just saying. And somebody was like, oh, like, the things that you consider classics are not really classics for everyone, like, in terms of Mm -hmm. movie, like, oh, like, you don't know that, and somebody in the comments, yeah, like, somebody on TV, like, they mentioned a certain show, and somebody in the comments was like, oh, they're saying, oh, you didn't watch this and this growing up, I'm like, dude, I couldn't afford TV when I was in my country, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it. yeah, understanding like, context as well. So, dude, yeah. yes. I, that's why when I first came to Hope, I was lost in mm, right. almost all conversation. I'm mm. like, where do you, what, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm lost. Just, yeah. I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I came to Hope and people were like, such and such Burks, such and such Chacos, blah, mm. blah. And I was like, what are these things? <laughs> What? Like, mm-hmm. I got my shoes from Payless. Mm-hmm. And I got one a year. Oh. You were talking about, those were shoe brands? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was like, what? Yeah. What and I feel like that just makes your experience, abno- makes you, at least for me, makes me feel like my experience was abnormal and mm-hmm. theirs. Yes. Normal. Yeah. And but it's, we just had separate things, you know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. We were sure. talking about, I remember this conversation a lot. It was like, we were talking about parents and then their and then th- how their parents are and I'm like that is so far from what my yeah. parents are like and that's okay and, that's yeah fine. And, uh, but at the time I was like I felt so small I felt mm. yeah true <laughs> you know that's like, true I was that's like really true let me not say it one yeah <laughs> you just kind of listen like mm-hmm. oh yeah, oh I wow yeah I remember that happens. <laughs> Yeah, I remember one time I was talking with someone. They were like, um, you know, I didn't see my dad a lot growing up because mm-hmm. um, my parents got divorced. But then I saw him, we would go skiing like every winter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's nice. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that that actually wasn't nice. You know, that yeah. person was like, oh. and it really sucked because I only saw them once a year and we went skiing. Wow. And I was yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Like, yeah. I'm, that's that's yeah. not great. Yeah. You yeah. wish you could have seen yeah. him more. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. man, I wish my dad would, like, hang out with me once a year. <laughs> like, I wish. Yeah. That'd be nice. That's, yeah. But, yeah. And it, I like I like how we were talking about humanizing because it humanizes everybody's yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. That like person's an experience and then your yep, experience. Exactly. Yeah. Being open about things. Like, mm-hmm. nothing is, like, normal. There's no, like... Yep you know mm-hmm. a normal experience mm-hmm. like everyone has their experience and yeah. mm-hmm. and i feel like at least for our bring uh, for our upbringing so whatever it was our parents did they at least in a lot of cases did the best they could in the context yeah. that they were in and yeah. i feel like at least in my yes. case it worked so yeah and i think it does in certain situations you have to get over that understanding gap right mm-hmm. like i had to understand like oh i see how mm-hmm. that was a mm-hmm. bad experience for you. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm understanding. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, because that's not something that I relate with. Mm-hmm. But I have to get over my own, mm-hmm. like, interpretation of what normalcy mm-hmm. is in order to be like, okay, I see you. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like understanding things, like, other people's stuff from where they're at and not, like, putting yourself yep. in there and be, like, understanding things from your mm-hmm. context. Like, it's another person, another mm-hmm. experience that I was talking about, yeah. I really liked how you said our parents did the best they could in the context that they were in. And that is so, so true. I really resonate with that. Like, I would always 
Um, I don't have much family in the U.S. besides just my parents, mm -hmm. and I love them to death. Mm -hmm. um, but then I would be like, why don't we have, you know, family? Like, I hated, I hated mm -hmm. holidays because it was just us, and mm -hmm. I was just like, you know, uh, questioning all these things. Um, why, you know, don't we have this? Why don't we have that? Why mm -hmm. don't we celebrate this mm -hmm. way? Mm -hmm. You know, when you have to write essays mm -hmm. about like your like With in your class, yeah. and then you're like, write down what you did on break and write mm -hmm. down traditions. I hated mm -hmm. those. Mm -hmm. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness, because mm -hmm. I'm like, I have to like talk about what I did, which yeah. was. But then now I look back at it and I'm like, I. I think ungratitude was sort of what it was in the lack of understanding mm -hmm. as a child when I was questioning why we didn't we have this mm -hmm. where now I'm like I I trying to I'm cherishing oh cherishing I'm cherishing <laughs> yeah. these moments that I have with my family because that's they're giving me all that they can mm -hmm. and, and once i understand that they can yeah. yes mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i think understanding that like was life-changing for me um mm -hmm. because now i see it in a whole different light mm -hmm. and yeah. everything is in and then gratitude is a big part of it so yeah. um yeah that's true mm -hmm. i feel like at least like before i used to be like i feel like now for some reason especially after coming to hope i've been like way like more proud of mm -hmm. other things that I that are part of me that are not I guess known to other people like oh I'm from this place and I lived mm -hmm. in this place and I speak this other language and I'm like way more open and like mm -hmm. I realize like I sense the tone of my voice like how you say like oh I speak Amharic mm. oh and I speak English too you know like now I'm like oh I speak Amharic and English I'm bilingual you know like oh I lived in this place I lived mm -hmm. in Africa yeah. I came here in 2018 you know that's like I'm um, yeah that's like a beautiful I'm journey for you yeah it yeah, sounds like and it did great for me right. like you know so mm -hmm. I feel like we, we're turning off fine <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's hard right. to get there yeah when like, yeah. you get there it's like okay yeah Definitely. yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that, and yeah. I love how your guys' experiences have shaped y'all into the beautiful people y'all are. Mm. And like I was saying before, like it seems like these parts of our identity were kind of the hardest to explore, grapple mm. with, accept. Yeah. I don't know if those are all the right words. Yeah, yeah, for it. Yeah. yeah, I think um, Venezia. There's a book called soul of a citizen and i don't know who it's by but it's a collection of mm -hmm. stories from people who um were advocates for stuff so i think one of the first mm -hmm. chapters is a latina woman um becoming an advocate for poor people because an old woman had died in her neighborhood from a lack of um like a heating system mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. she was like this woman would have lived had mm. someone just listened to her and yeah. come out and fixed her heating mm. uh -huh. and so soul of a citizen for either of you um okay. it could be interesting to just hear these different excerpts and stories about people learning mm -hmm. to become advocates because mm -hmm. i think it connects to something you had said earlier um siona about um looking at everyone else and being like that's their problem not mine mm -hmm. you know and mm -hmm. and just being more like that's an us problem. Like, we need to take care of you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. What are... Um, knowing about intersectionality, what do you think is a challenge to yourself and that you may want to give to those people around you? 
Oh, I see. Like a burden, like I would like to share with other people, or like no. stuff that I would share. Yeah. Like, uh, like a challenge to mm-hmm. be more intersectional. Um, I feel like it can work both ways, actually. Well, yeah, like okay, knowing about intersectionality, mm. what do you think are some of the things that um, you wanna how like how that plays in out in your life, how you wanna live it out, mm. and what are some of the challenges that you set mm. for others? So I see that <laughs> challenges you see for others. Um, for me, uh, I'm gonna start out just so I can give y'all an idea of what I'm I, I'm saying. <laughs> so okay, so intersectionality for me, I think what it has done is uh, been able to humanize other people and their mm-hmm. experiences and validating that because mm-hmm. you know um, there's different things at play, um, but also one of the things that I would use to challenge others, like you said previously, is to um, stand in solidarity mm-hmm. and to just listen, but also afterwards um, reach out and mm-hmm. and then try to offer yourself in whatever way that you can. Yeah. Because um, I think that connection uh, is is very strong and something that I wish my family would have had more of mm-hmm. when I was growing up because not many people knew what we were going through. I mean, mm-hmm. we were going through things among the community that I was in. A lot of us had shared experiences, mm-hmm. but had someone like was there was there that strong connection I don't know and then I wish that I could be that for someone now you know mm-hmm. and you'll just really be there and I feel like that's the great thing about us like being first gen I guess we're all first gen yes yeah and I feel like that's the greatest thing about it and we are okay we experience these things our parents experience these mm-hmm. things but like future generations won't mm-hmm. like um like I'm like, I guess my professors, when they see my name, Sion, I'm like, oh, they can't pronounce it. I'm like, how do you pronounce this name? And whatever. Okay, I've teach them they're not familiar with it. Ten years, mm-hmm. five years, if another Sion comes here, mm-hmm. she won't yeah. have to be like, oh, this is how you pronounce my name. So they have, I, it's been said, like, the president has been done. So I feel like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. us occupying this space, learning, doing the best that we can with it, not just for ourselves, but our, for our communities. And, yeah, just doing the best for the people that got us here mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah i love that yeah i think for me it's very i i once had someone ask or tell me this thing like they were like i want to do this for you mm-hmm. so i think taking that and giving it back to someone like you i want to do this for you mm-hmm. what what can i do for you mm-hmm. i think that can be really empowering mm. um to a student yeah. and um I think that also kind of bridges some gaps, and I think that that ignores some some things. Like if I say, "Look, I am also a student of color. I'm queer. I don't really have um, like a faith, which is important at home. Mm-hmm. But I see that you need this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try and get that. That to me says like whether or not I identify with your problem, mm-hmm. I see it as valid, mm-hmm. and I'm going mm-hmm. to work with you and stand with you to figure that out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, I and I feel like just seeing problems as valid, like that there's no problem that's, like, more... Um, yeah, so I just feel like 
seeing things as valid, validating people, knowing mm-hmm. that your feelings, your experiences are valid, and further validating others is what it's all about. And just humanity, bro. Yeah. That's it. That, that's I, all it is for me. Yeah, humanity, mm-hmm. bro. Yeah, humanity. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are amazing. I love what you guys have brought to the table. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Sylvia, I like your shirt, by the way. Thank you. It's abolished ice. It says abolished ice. And um, I got it on Etsy from this dude who does this, like, type of spray paint artwork and stuff for 10 bucks. I'll check that out. Alrighty, y'all. Thank you for joining us on this episode. And I hope y'all have a great day. Mm -hmm.